and welcome to The Bookmonger. I'm John J. Miller of National Review. Thanks for listening. This show is a production of National Review, and we're recording from the studio of WRFH, the campus radio station of Hillsdale College. Our guest is Roger L. Simon, author of American Refugees, the untold story of the mass exodus from blue states to red states. Roger, welcome to The Bookmonger. Pleased to be here and pleased to be in Hillsdale in absentia. So describe this refugee crisis, if that's what it is. What's this mass exodus that you're writing about? I think a lot of people are very aware that people left the red states for the blue states. A lot of people in different phases before and after and during COVID. But because now, the what, why, what I wrote about in the book, though, is how that created un- unpredictable situations. Because before then, the assumption was that people coming from, say, California, the bulk of them, um, would be bringing their, quote, California values with them and infecting places like Tennessee with the bad, woke thoughts. Surprisingly, it was the reverse. The people who came, the people who made that big effort to do a 2,000-mile trek, whether from Illinois or New York or, or most of all from California, were actually people who were inspired by trying to find the America that they loved and knew, a very constitutional place. And, and they arrived at the red states thinking that's what they were and found that they weren't quite that. Created a very strange conflict because the people who came were more constitutionalist, not always, but frequently, than the people who were here. It's a conflict that is slowly and gradually uh, resolving itself. And it's, in a certain way, interestingly similar to when refugees arrived earlier uh, in the 20th century from Europe. So, Roger, you are one of these refugees. You mentioned California to Tennessee. That's exactly what you did. And a lot of this book, American Refugees, reads like a memoir of your own personal story. Why did you do it? Why did you move from California to Tennessee? Well, you know, I had spent my life, um, I'm, I, I was up until pretty close to the age of 50, pretty much of a liberal um, and, uh, you know, a Hollywood screenwriter. And, and I had a di- very different kind of life. And then I gradually moved to the right. You know, I had that, you know, some, it wasn't just 9-11. It was a lot of factors. And it added up to me that I had thought of things in an incorrect manner. Let's put it that way. But the, the result of that was that I was facing a lot of hostility in my hometown of Los Angeles. And, this, um, you know, I had started this thing called PJ Media. It still exists, although I now work with the Epic Times. And uh, all of that had added up to a very uh, unpleasant life for me and my family. In fact, to the extent that we had in our mailbox scrolled there, we know where you live. And also, at the same time, as uh, I'm sure your listeners all know, uh, the major California cities were going to a serious decline. I mean... We lived in the Hollywood Hills in a rather nice place, and pretty soon there were, you know, homeless in our neighborhood. So walking the dog at night became an unpleasant experience, to say the least. So all of these things added up. So we decided to move to a red state, and that's that's how that happened. And indeed, the book is in part a memoir of that personal experience because 
you know, I'm I'm, I'm been a novelist and a screenwriter and so forth. That's kind of the way I think. I mean, I'm not a data driven person. And this is definitely not a demographic tract. It's it's a personal story with with these kinds of observations in it. And one of the common maybe myths about this mass exodus from blue states to red states is that is that these these American refugees are going to turn the red states purple. But your subtitle is The Untold Story of the Mass Exodus. You're presenting us with a different way of looking at it. Yeah, it's essentially the reverse of turning them purple. They're turning the red states really red, which is a fine. I mean, they're, they're trying hard. And, you know, this. it's unfair to make paint this with a bro, too broad a brush because there are a lot of people living here from before who are great. But... Um, in a sense, the overall is that the these refugees are helping preserve the red states red. I mean, there's nothing more the left wants in this country than to undermine the red states. And they're doing that from the cities outward, like Nashville and Memphis and, you know, uh, Tallahassee and on and on. Now, is this geographic sorting good for America? It's happening. You're documenting it. But is it good for America? Will it make a divided country even more divisive? Well, uh, you know, that's something I wrestle with all the time. And I think in the way the final analysis is good, because if the red states become really successful and, you know, Tennessee is becoming is pretty successful economically, and if they do that, that is a message that will reflect back on the blue states. I mean, people talk about um, federalists always talking about the states in competition for, uh, you know, what's the best solution to uh, to all our problems. So uh, I understand the counter argument. I mean, sometimes I feel like, well, I should have stayed there in Los Angeles and um, fought things out, you know, <laughs> Um but, um, you know, I, I was getting weary with that. And also, you know, but it's it's up for grabs, that question that you ask is a good one. But I, I really think on margin that solidifying the red states, making them great, and then, the, then places like New York and California have to go, oh, wait a minute. Who is Rocky Top? He's a, he's a character in your book. Who is Rocky Top? I can't tell you. <laughs> I was introduced to Rocky Talk um, because I've been on the radio here a lot with Michael Patrick Leahy. And I, uh, Rocky Top is someone who was very high up in politics, both nationally and statewide in California. I mean, nationally, he, he was an advisor to presidents and presidential candidates. But he's the kind of a guru figure to me in, in the book. And I think he's an amusing character. And became a very good friend of mine, but I'm not at liberty to say who he is because I think um, he's very candid about politics, and I think everybody would hate him. He's an important figure in the book, though, so he's a mentor figure. What do you learn from him? What, what does he tell us in American Refugees? Uh, in, in the end, uh, we had a kind of a mind meld. And uh, to this day, I'm I'm texting in with him um, continually on on events as they transpire. This is a message from our friends at American Habits from the State Policy Network. We the people, do you ever think about what that means and what happened to it? We the people certainly did not mean an imperial city full of unelected bureaucrats deciding everything from kindergarten curricula 
to nursing home funding formulas. We the people mean self-government, a free people deciding most things in their families and communities and delegating some authority to their towns and states while passing along just a small amount of that power to the national government. How did things get so upside down at American Habits? We tell stories of real people with real solutions, all working to restore federalism and self-government. If you're a public official, come get involved. If you're a citizen, come and see the new standard for American leadership. No matter who you are, come help us renew the forgotten but not lost habit of American self-government. Visit AmericanHabits.org to learn more. That's AmericanHabits.org. Now, you've been in Tennessee for a few years now. Are you happy there? Are you glad you made the move? I am. Uh, I think I'm pretty happy here. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the truth about making moves of any sort is that we carry ourselves with us. If I'm, if, you know, if I move to Rome, on certain days, I wouldn't feel good. And other days, I'd feel good. <laughs> That's the way life is. But on balance, I am very happy I moved. And there's a very good thing. There's an overall thing about doing this. I had lived in Los Angeles for nigh on to 50 years. If you stay in one place for too long, I think you lose perspective. And also, your mind sort of gets into a rut. It, 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 I compare it sometimes to the idea of, you know how they tell us to uh, use our computer mouse with the left hand? Uh, I find yeah. that very difficult, actually. And I do it for two minutes and I give up. But, you know, the idea of, of moving to a new place and having to adapt is very good for the heart, very good for the mind. I got one more question about detective stories, because you're the author of of many books before American Refugees, and you're including the Moses Wine detective series. Moses Wine is your series character. But who do you think is the best writer of detective stories now? What do you read? What do you recommend? I don't I don't read detective stories that much anymore, I must say. You know, that was a different part of my life, and uh, I moved on. And unfortunately, I don't have that. I'm, I'm doing so much political writing now for the Epic Times, and I'm, I'm reading... You know, the National Review, when I'm reading, <laughs> I'm reading Norman Pedoritz's book on why Jews are liberals again right now. So I'm not spending that much time reading detective novels. Um, I'm, maybe I'll start that again. Uh, I'm, I'm not even, I was a screenwriter for many years and I'm not even, I'm still an Academy member, but I'm not going to the movies that much. Life moves on. And uh, unfortunately, um, I wish I could I, I wouldn't be a good judge of that anymore. The author is Roger L. Simon. The book is American Refugees, the untold story of the mass exodus from blue states to red states. Roger, thanks for joining us on The Bookmonger. My pleasure, sir. Thanks to all of you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please take a minute to leave a review. Your reviews help new listeners discover us, and that helps us keep this show going. We'll be back next week with a new episode of The Bookmonger.